Hello and welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And we're a little early, but Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. <laughs> Today we wanted to discuss Christmas films in general, and I'm sure there are many that we want to mention, so we'll dive right in. And a quick note on spoilers, uh, we will discuss films in detail, so if there is a Christmas film you haven't seen that you intend to watch, they're often on television, so you probably find yourself watching them sooner or later in this Christmas season. There is a slight chance we might talk about it here and spoil it for you, so just be warned. Now, Christmas is an event that is just so familiar to the world at large, you know, everybody can relate to Christmas, and um, can easily give your film more meaning by having it set during the holiday season. Um, it gives you a nice window as well to release your films, you know, the film Valentine's Day was released for Valentine's Day, the, the, this year we've got New Year's Eve just being released December 8th, just prior to New Year's Eve. Friday the 13th. Exactly. <laughs> Basically just uh, capitalizing on holiday season. So people love Christmas films, though. What? Yeah, uh, from a business point of view, you're a fool not to churn out Christmas movies. So they got this, like, factory uh, quality to them where they're like, oh, I guess we have to make it, so let's get Tim Allen to make three of them sort of thing. <laughs> Um, I, I grew, like I was born in the eighties. I grew up with a lot of great, great Christmas movies back when the, I think it's John Hughes, the big, uh, massive kids movie, uh, teenage movie, uh, giant was making movies, uh, really throughout history. Uh, you know, not many come to mind. I think we had, it's a wonderful life and miracle on 34th street, but, um, it, the funny thing is that most Christmas films follow the same sort of trajectory. Yeah. That they, uh, you know, focus on the fact that you know, there is a Santa or whether or not Christmas brings miracles and whether or not, you know. It, it's a magical time. It's it a beautiful time. I, I love Christmas. I'm a big fan of Christmas. Uh, probably the greatest Christmas story ever written, which a lot of, you know, the foundation of a lot of uh, movies and stories. And one of the best stories ever written is Charles Dickens' A Christmas uh, Carol. Uh, so, you know, that's one of my, you know, that's one of the best ones in, in history, I think. Um, but recently the last, particularly since the eighties, uh, since the birth of Star Wars, uh, a lot of attention from Hollywood has been given over to Christmas movies. When I say attention, a lot of money has been thrown at these movies. Um, it's got, you know, high caliber stars and everything like that. And the themes are very up. Very, uh, you know, like the Christmas feeling, giving yeah. you that uh, happy fe feeling towards the end, yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, A Christmas Carol. Obviously, for yep. those not familiar with it, it's the tale of uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and how three ghosts visit him on Christmas Eve. One from past, present, and future. Correct. And um, basically make him rethink his life and uh, shows a window into the people that he knows. It's a phenomenal story being adapted Countless times. <laughs> Just on that, there's a Jim Carrey motion capture version. There's a 1951 Scrooge, 1938 they did a Christmas Carol, 1984 version. It's a 1970 version with Albert Finney as Scrooge. Um, Henry Winkler, who plays the Fonz, played um, in an American Christmas Carol, a version of Ebenezer Scrooge in 1979. There's a 2004 version with Kelsey Grammer. That you might like because Jennifer Love Hewitt. Actually. Oh, I've seen that; it's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Patrick Stewart did one in 1999, a TV movie called A Christmas Carol. There's a, a Muppet version 
of uh, Christmas Carol. Did you see the well. one uh, with uh, Bill Murray in it called Scrooge? Scrooge, yeah. <laughs> Where he's the selfish uh, t- Oh, it's fantastic. Guys, go watch it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, just what I'd mention as well, the Matthew McConaughey movie, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, it adopts the exact same <laughs> sort of premise. It doesn't necessarily take place at Christmas, but what is it? that makes this Charles Dickens tale so adaptable for all throughout generations from 1938 and even before all the way through to now. Yeah, it, it keeps it's, getting picked up. And it gets better and better as <laughs> as the stories we tell. So like Homer's uh, Odyssey, how that just kept getting told around the campfires, that's like our, it's, it's a brilliant story. Really. So would you say it's the best Christmas tale? I think so. Yeah. I, I think ever written. Um, it's just something about the old rich man getting his comeuppance from you know, getting visited by three ghosts and coming up the next day, well, you know, and having that complete 180. I didn't say 360 this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's interesting because Christmas is obviously targeted at children and the belief in Santa Claus and everything. And to have an old man, someone who's got ideas fully ingrained in their head about what they think of Christmas and the holiday season, for them to turn around and say, Christmas is amazing and let's all spend time together and all that sort of stuff is... Really but there's so much tale. magic in the story, like how the, the you know you can take so many interpretations from it. I, I saw the Muppets one when I was very young, and I was so blown away. That was played by the great British actor. I can't remember his name. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. He he was in Get Carter for crying out loud. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> um, and I love that movie and the Muppet interpretation of it. It was was brilliant. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great story. Yeah, I think. Well, it translates to so many different mediums. Anyway, um, one thing is for sure, though. It is making lots of money for the Charles Dickens <laughs> and Hollywood, mind you. Yeah. So is Christmas just for children? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, in fact, I can look back, like one of my favourites that I have to confess is, is Home Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one, both one and two, oh, I absolutely adored those movies. Um, but you were the perfect age for yeah, it. Yeah, I was, I was the perfect out. age for it when it came out. You could have left Home Alone. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> and I think I've blinded my nostalgia whenever I look at that. I, I, I can't say if it's a great movie or a good one even, but mm. even when I see it, I'm still blown away by it, probably because it just brings back all those memories. Totally pigeonholed Macaulay Culkin's career, though, didn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he hasn't been able to do much else since. No, I think he went out with a really beautiful girl from Mila that Kunis. Yeah, 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 for ages, yeah. yeah. Well, he did well for himself. <laughs> yeah, there's a funny um, anecdote uh, by Russell Brand in, in one of his books, how he talks about he's on the set of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the film which really launched him to the American audience. And he talks about how um, he met Mila Kunis and thought, oh, wow, I'd like to, you know, have sex with her. And then the next day, her boyfriend was there, and he was like, "Oh, what's the guy from Home Alone doing here?" You know, and it's just like there's <laughs> several chapters on it in his book. A very nice read. <laughs> I was going to say, it's what's great is that they've come up with uh, Christmas films for adults. Sure, you know, there's been a few over the years. And I thought you might like to talk about Bad Santa. Oh, Bad Santa! I loved Bad Santa when that was marketed. Like, you look at the trailer for it, you think this is a bad slapstick comedy, you know, and I avoided it for so long, going, I'm not going to watch that, you know, that looks ridiculous. I can't believe Billy Bob Thornton agreed to some, you know, crap like that. Billy Bob Thornton, who holds an Oscar for his writing on Sling Blade. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, friends of mine were going, no, it's nothing like you think, you've got to go see it. And I finally watched it, I was so blown away, it's violent. 
it's uh, you know frightening at times, but it is so funny, and it has a upbeat, upbeat feeling at the end. You know, <laughs> it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, things, oh. things we don't usually get from Christmas films. <laughs> I can't imagine being a young kid, like 14, going in to see that, and you'd be like, this this isn't very funny. (laughs) The next film I'm looking forward to that has Christmas all throughout it is um, a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Oh, God. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Have you um, seen the first two, or...? Was that where they go to White Castle? Yeah, those are the Stoner movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the second one where they go to Guantanamo Bay. I haven't seen that. Not yeah. as good. But <laughs> I can't believe you've seen this. Yeah, I have. <laughs> um, but Neil Patrick Harris making cameos uh, in all three of them, and uh, just the fact that they're going and doing a 3D version of it. You know, just kind of more of a... It, it makes it better that it's in 3D. <laughs> of course. Of course it does. Um, i got to say, uh, with uh, adult... Um, Christmas movies, uh, The Gremlins 1 and 2, uh, although I saw it when I was a kid and it was really actually more, much more popular with kids um, than it was, but that's a horror movie. That's mm. a full, you know, it's it, it, Gremlins 2 arguably is more slapstick, but, you know, the first one's very frightening, you know, and that was a great um, little Christmas movie. Sometimes it's tough to differentiate um, with Christmas films, whether it's set at Christmas or whether it's a Christmas yeah, film. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, um, there is a difference. Yeah, there, there definitely is, is a difference. Certainly. Um, for example, uh, Die Hard. I think it all takes, <laughs> takes place on Christmas Eve. Oh my god! I completely <laughs> forgot about which one. The second one. I think the first one's on Christmas Eve, isn't it? Oh. From memory, I'm not sure. Not 100. percent But um, okay, well, that's the greatest Christmas movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's considered a Christmas no, movie. No, no, yeah. Whereas a film like um, Love Actually, which all takes place in the lead up to Christmas and. Bill Nighy's character. I heard about that. A lot of people talk love that film. Yeah, is it, it, is it a Christmas movie? Though, I or? believe it is, just yeah. because it's sort of. Uh, it does have that upbeat. Yeah, yeah, sure. But so much of everybody's storylines is around Christmas. There's a office Christmas party. There's um, the guys taking uh, photos, and he's got uh, those Christmas um, hats on. The that's a good movie. I'll, I'll, that's a really good movie, yeah. And uh, the rock star, the old rock star who's trying to release a single to be the number one Christmas single, you know, and beat out the boy band and stuff. <laughs> it all sort of centers around Christmas and the fact that Hugh Grant's, um, you know, Prime Minister character is trying to get together with someone for Christmas. It all sort of ties in. So yeah. I feel like that one is, whereas one's like Die Hard, maybe not necessarily. <laughs> so we'll see how we go with um, discussing these. <laughs> sure. I don't know how many of them will be relevant. Um, I want to touch on motion capture. We've got Tintin coming out soon with oh, the motion right. capture yeah. suits. There's been two Christmas films, Polar Express and uh, A Christmas Carol, the Jim Carrey version. I haven't seen that Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. You've seen the Polar Express? I have seen Polar Express. Yeah, both sort of uh, directed by, not sort of directed by, but directed by Robert Zemeckis using this kind of technology. And um, during the Polar and Express... And he also did Beowulf as well, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did he? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, with the same technology. Yeah, um, and I find that, like, the motion capture stuff is a really cool way of telling a Christmas tale, you know, for children. For children, yeah. Know, because you've got that sort of wild adventure. You can do anything with these people. Yep. You know, um, the fact that the Polar Express, you know, taking those sort of, uh, what do you call it, a roller coaster type turns throughout the film, yep. you know, sort of becomes more of a fantastic journey for kids and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and adults. And also get something out of it because we're moving further and further, like in this, um, the realism of the motion capture. 
Yeah. So what, what's uh, like Tintin? Is that a Christmas movie? Is that what you're no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, yeah. the same the same level technology. Of oh, I'm sure. Yeah, technology yeah. That's yeah. coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I found when I was looking up Christmas films that a lot of people who've done a Christmas film have done another Christmas film. You know. You mentioned Tim Allen doing three. <laughs> I think he's a very underrated actor. I just want to put that out there. But the Santa Claus movies, I think the first one, I actually, I think I've seen them and I can't remember them. They've all been moulded into one now. <laughs> I think the first one was actually okay, but, you know, they were just really factory Hollywood. Oh, it's Christmas. We've got to come out with a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, Jim Carrey, when he did the uh, A Christmas Carol, he's also done The Grinch. Have you seen The Grinch? Uh, with Jim Carrey? No, I haven't. I know of The Grinch, yeah. the story of Sort of classic Dr. Seuss book. Um, mm-hmm. The book was uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And that was one of the um, most successful Christmas films of all time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What, the Jim Carrey one? Yeah, The, the Grinch. Right, okay. Where he's the green Grinch yeah, creature. Yeah. Um, it made $345 million. Wow. But can you tell me, Lloyd, what the most successful Christmas film of all of time Of all time? Now, obviously, I feel like this has got to be categorized because films that take place at Christmas aren't necessarily Christmas films. So, you know, probably some of the ones you're thinking of might not be included. Sure, okay. The Grinch is a Christmas film about how the Grinch stole Christmas. Is it made in the last 20 years? Yep. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you hope it was? I'm going to guess Home Alone 1 or 2. Home Alone 1. Oh, right. <laughs> the highest grossing Christmas film of all time. It's a great movie, all right? Damn it. There you go. So you're justified in liking yeah, yeah. that film. It's $477 million. Wow. Yeah. However, I also went and looked up the statistics for the sequels to Home Alone. To it see goes how up to how many? Four. Oh, God. And the fourth one, I mean, the third it and was fourth a third? one. third? <laughs> the third and fourth one have different cast, and the fourth one was made for TV, basically. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, the fourth one doesn't have uh, statistics on how much money it made, but... First one made $477 million. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, $358 million. Wow. Still a monster of yeah. an achievement there. The third one, which was released in 1997, with completely different actors and a different storyline, $79 million worldwide. And the fourth one, I believe, they wanted to turn into a TV series. So on the strength of how the fourth one did, they were going to do a TV series. And I don't know what that would have been about. <laughs> whether they would have had him continually... I'm home alone again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Insanity. I don't know. So the Santa Claus trilogy with Tim Allen. Um, basically... I heard that movie made a fortune. I'm sure franchise. it did. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it did. And if had three films, you know, it just creates a box set opportunity, doesn't it? Um, the second one had Elizabeth Mitchell. She was um, the blonde who played Juliet on Lost. Okay. And um, she's sort of the best thing about the second one, I think. And uh, the fact that it's called the Mrs. Claus, he's using up his magic. He's sort of lo- you've got the first one where he's becoming Santa Claus. He's getting fatter. He's getting the beard, all that sort of stuff. And then the second one where it's all sort of a come down from that. You've peaked to Santa Claus. You're losing all your powers. You're losing. You're looking normal and everything all over again. You're not going to be Santa Claus unless you can get married, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he finds this woman who believes in the magic of Christmas and who basically. Um, will marry Santa Claus and become Mrs. Claus and, like, you know, throw her hat in the ring and it's sort of this sort of crazy, nice love story. Um, but then the third one had Martin Short as Jack Frost. Yeah, the, I saw that was so stiff and mm. they were just trying to find any excuse for action. And they had 
an evil robot Santa Claus who's also voiced by Tim Allen. And it just felt really hacky and just awful. Yeah, I feel sorry for kids growing up with these as Christmas movies, you know. But yeah. a very popular one, which a lot of people loved and adored, was Elf with um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Lots of people loved that one. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was pretty solid. Like, um, yeah, but it made a ton of money too. Yeah, and, and it's on constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the uh, the girl who's in Elf, which is uh, Zoe Deschanel. Sure, she's got a new TV show that's out soon, and. Um, that should be good. Um, with Elf, he's playing it really over the top, though. Uh, but James Khan's in it, and that's something yeah. to look forward to. <laughs> Where's my paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that um, your favourite film is um, Home Alone? Uh, I, I don't know. I liked um, I liked It's a Wonderful Life, if that counts as a Christmas movie. But, oh, geez, um, definitely, I'd, I'd have to say Home Alone. It just captures the whole family and the Christmas feeling, the slapstick, the humor, the, I don't know, it just reminds me, watching that movie just reminds me about all the good things about being a kid was, you know, all all the great things, you know, despite being an upper class white little kid. <laughs> yeah. um, Tim Allen did another Christmas film, just um, besides the three Santa Claus films he's done. Um, and besides any Toy Story-based Christmas... Is it Home Improvement special? <laughs> <laughs> no, he did um, Christmas with the Cranks, which is basically um, an American comedy film from 2004 starring Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis, and he wants to invest the money they usually spend on decorations, gifts, and entertainment to go on a 10-day Caribbean cruise, and uh, his wife's a bit sceptical, but they make a donation to charity... <laughs> And um, then the whole, his employees and everyone in his street are calling him Ebenezer Scrooge. And there's this kind of a Christmas Carol kind of theme playing Did in the whole thing. Was it released in cinemas or something? Yeah, it was. Okay, it was. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Is it a good one? I don't think so. <laughs> no. But the thing is, I feel like um, most actors find themselves uh, doing more than one Christmas film. It's mm. sort of a weird, they, I don't know, it's not an addiction or anything like that. It's just that they think, oh, this is going to be big money and... Somebody has to And they're right. Film. It will make money. Yeah, yeah. Like when a screenwriter does, um, you know, a horror script, they let them do horror movies. You know, you sort of pigeonhole yourself as an actor. wonder if Tim Allen's sort of... Been pigeonholed. Well, ever since Home Improvement, he's been that family man. And mm. Santa Claus was that perfect family man, father sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And he's doing really well with The Last Man Standing, uh, which is pretty much Home Improvement recycled. This is his new TV new show? New TV show, and yeah. apparently it's doing pretty solidly. Okay, um, well, yeah. it's, it's something like uh, he's got all daughters and his yep. wife is the only man in the house. Yeah, yeah, so it's really that man versus, you know. <laughs> so it's a recycled home improvement. Yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, the most recent Christmas film I've seen is um, Arthur Christmas, which is uh, out of the theatres now, and it's basically... Uh, oh, is that that awful one, Justin Bieber? Well, that's the thing. I, I it's heard, all over the trailer. Justin Bieber, you, you watch a trailer, you think, oh, Justin Bieber's got a new movie, a yeah. Christmas movie. Justin Bieber's none of the voices of any <laughs> of the characters, nor is his song anywhere in the film until the credits. <laughs> the credits play, his song plays over the top of the credits. It's got nothing to do with Justin Bieber. And um, basically this film is about Arthur Christmas, who um, every generation of Santa Claus, uh, it's been somebody different. And um, this guy, Arthur Christmas... He's like the brother of the next Santa Claus. Um, and he has this real love of Christmas. And when a little girl, she basically doesn't get her toy. 
and uh, when the sun is going to come up in X amount of hours, they've got to rush there and get her this toy so that she has a great Christmas as well. And um, nobody else believes in this cause except Arthur Christmas. Um, well, his name isn't really Arthur Christmas. I mean, I'm not sure the last name is really ever said, but basically it becomes a bit like his own adventure to get this one present to this girl so she has a phenomenal Christmas. And yeah. it says that everybody's Christmas matters and that everybody deserves a, a present at Christmas and stuff and that they can't leave anybody out and all that sort of stuff. And this is a really nice kind of modern take on Christmas and the fact that you don't have one person being Santa Claus for 70,000 years. Yeah. It's like every generation you do it for this many Christmases, Yeah, you know, and that then your sons take over and your son's sons take over and they've got sort of a, a uncle grandpa kind of character rather. Um, who had previously done Christmas before the current Santa, and the current Santa's getting a bit senile, mm -hmm. and that there's an obvious choice for next successor, but um, spoilers, spoilers, um, Arthur sort of emerges as a better sort of successor because, you know, of his love for Christmas and, sure. and his dedication to just this one person yeah, yeah. getting this present. And there's this really, really beautiful shot at the end of the film. After he gives her the present, it's a bike. And um, they have this kind of spaceship-sized thing that they travel around the globe in and with military precision kind of drop into all the houses, all the elves kind of, you know, oh, cool. climb on the ceiling and stuff. <laughs> Very Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, but basically, they um, deliver all these gifts. And uh, the the very end, she goes outside to play with her um, bike. And she looks up and she sees him hanging from the rope. Um, some ice, uh, some snow rather from a tree just dumped on his head and it perfectly forms the beard as if he's, um, he's the next sort of Santa Claus. Santa Claus sure. And the wind blows into his shirt and puffs him out as if he's very fat because he's not fat at all. And then she looks away and then looks back and he gets pulled up the rope and so she can't see him again. So she has this glimpse of Santa Claus and it's sort of a very kind of uh, beautiful kind of end to the film. Wow, okay. Yeah, so they're sort of still making very kind of, it's still fodder for great films. They can still come up with many different tales, you know. So were you saying King Arthur was a good one? Not King Arthur. Oh, sorry, Arthur. Arthur Christmas. Yeah, Arthur Christmas. Yeah, I'm saying it was quite good. Oh, it was good. I think okay, it was like sure. four stars. It was just like really solid. You had a lot of kind of British actors and... Um, oh, just on the trailer. It looked terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just kind of um, very endearing. Very kind of um, nice film. Yeah. Yeah, probably the best of the Christmas movies, you know, going back over the years. Um, there's only really a handful... But, yeah, there is that opportunity. I don't want to say make a bad Santa and, you know, bad Santa was good in a particular kind of way. But, um, geez, I'm struggling to think of a good one. I'll, I'll continue and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a chance to think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Vince Vaughn has also done a couple of Christmas films. He played Fred Claus, which has got to be a really similar... I haven't seen Fred Claus, but it's got to be similar to the plot of Arthur Christmas because he's like Santa's brother and... For some reason, Fred Claus, he's going to take over the, the mantle and, like, deliver presents that year or something, you know. Just, like, Paul Giamatti plays Santa in that one. So, again, haven't seen it, but looks quite interesting. The other Vince Vaughn film, which is about Christmas, uh, is more of a romantic comedy. It's called uh, Four Christmases. And it's about how he and Reese Witherspoon um, are a couple and both their parents are divorced. Um, so they don't want to have the four Christmases with each one of their parents. But then they get caught on the news at the airport. They um, are trying to get away to a nice warm location, dressed in their Hawaiian gear. 
and the parents and everyone see them and they're on the news and then everybody knows they were trying to get away and stuff. <laughs> so um, everyone knows that they, they're around, so they have to spend Christmas with all of them. And it's this kind of, um, you have to love your family despite who they are and will their relationship survive Christmas kind of thing. So it's weird though. And that's called Fred... Four Christmases. Four Christmases, Fred, sure. Fred Claus was the other one. He's With done. Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah, same yeah. Vince Vaughn's done a couple. Yeah. But the other thing is that Vince Vaughn, huge dude. Reese Witherspoon, very short. Very short. <laughs> They're very mismatched, <laughs> and it sort of feels like a little bit ridiculous that they would sort yeah. of... I mean, I'm sure tall and short people do <laughs> all the time. It's just that it seems really odd in this film. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, have you seen a Ben Affleck Christmas film? Called Surviving Christmas. No. Traditionally, everybody gave it one star. Shocking. Everybody said not very good. Was it with his Jennifer Lopez days? Or no. no? <laughs> um, well, it may have been shot around the same time, but okay. just the subject matter is really sloppy. Okay. So I've ripped this uh, description from Wikipedia. So full credit where credit is due. <laughs> Drew Latham, played by Ben Affleck, is a wealthy advertising executive just before Christmas, he surprises his girlfriend, Missy, played by Jennifer Morrison, she's from House, with first-class tickets to Fiji. She's horrified that he would want to spend Christmas away from his family, citing the fact that Drew has never even introduced her to his family. She concludes he never will, and he's not serious about their relationship, and dumps him. So his character is desperate not to spend Christmas on his own, and because he's rich, he goes back to his family home, which is now... Got James Gandolfini from The Sopranos with a big beard. Yeah. And his family, which I think includes Christina Applegate. Um, and he pays them to let them, like him, spend Christmas with them. Yeah. Which, you know, really takes away from any kind of Christmas values if you're just sort of throwing money in there and, um, you know, trying to mm. stay with this other family. Basically ruining their time uh, together as a family and surviving Christmas because... He's terrible to get along with and he's really... Sounds awful. It just seems, <laughs> seems like it would be, doesn't yeah. it? He gives them $250,000. So I guess you can put a price on letting a stranger spend Christmas with you. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it went straight to DVD. Yeah. Um, not 100% sure, but it, it got one-star reviews and everything I read. And so not very good at all. So we mentioned Love Actually. Yep. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've seen that one. I liked it. Every Christmas they play it. Every Christmas? Oh, yeah. Since it's come out. It's like 2005. No, before. I like that. It's a good feeling at the end. You know, it's, it succeeds in that in doing that. Um, because because of how many characters and families they have in it, there's obviously at least one any viewer can relate to and just go, oh, yeah, you know, you're cheering for that. And every story is sort of wrapped up nice and well. So it's a very solid what little I, British film there. What I like is that not every story was a happy ending which I preferred, it was more realistic to have, um, you know, some characters didn't get with the love of their life and, and there was still optimism about others where um, Liam Neeson bumps into Claudia Schiffer and that was his, like, dream girl kind of thing and, you know, um, they can't all end well. Some do, some don't. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that was more sort of true to life. Um, when I was younger, I remember the film Everybody Was Going Nuts For, was uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He was the oh, voice. Oh, the guy from Home Improvement. Yeah. He was the voice. I know, Home Improvement all, all over the place. I'm a big fan, all right? <laughs> that was Lloyd talking. Yeah. 
Um, he did a Christmas film called I'll Be Home for Christmas. where yeah. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> a few days before Christmas Eve, his father offers to give him his vintage 1957 Porsche if Jake, played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas, is home in New York by 6pm Christmas Eve for Christmas dinner. As Jake is leaving, he is taken captive by a group of bullies and abandoned in the desert dressed as Santa Claus. The group do this as punishment for for not getting an exam cheat sheet from Jake, unaware that it was their leader, um, Eddie Taffet, who withheld the cheat sheet so he might get Jake out of the way and claim Jake's girlfriend, played by Jessica Biel, for himself. Jessica Biel was in it? Yeah, Jessica Biel was in it. I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. So. <laughs> um, but it was and a, end somewhere. <laughs> it was a $30 million budget and it made twelve. Okay. So, obviously not a critical success. Yeah. <laughs> they can't all be home alone. Sure. Um, my favourite Christmas film is Miracle on 34th Street. The original or the remake? I like the remake. Okay. I do. Um, not so much because it's the remake, it's just because it's the one that I saw first and related to first, I think. So. Yeah. I love the trial and the fact that they can get a verdict that says Santa Claus exists. It's risky having a Christmas movie set in a courtroom. Yep. Like, you're like, oh, where's it the is. magic? Yep. <laughs> and the fact that there's this guy who calls himself Kris Kringle and how um, he believes he is Santa Claus and she spoilers everybody. But the little girl walks up to the judge with a Christmas card containing a $1 bill and um, basically on the back, in the words, God we trust, they're circled. And um, the judge realizes that if you can believe in God with no real evidence, if the, the Department of Treasury, the U.S. Department of Treasury, can believe in God, then you can believe in Santa Claus in the same way. Yeah, I like that movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the finest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I feel like such a sort of solid film that I'm sure it'll be remade in years to come. With, you know, like fresh, a Christmas Carol. Sort exactly. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like it's um, something that of any age you can say, it sort of fits the bill, yeah. you know. Because um, an adult can watch it, a kid can watch it. Yeah it's, yeah, it's good. And it just sort of sits atop the pile of uh, Christmas films, I feel. Um, you've seen It's a Wonderful Life. I liked it with James Stewart. Uh, very similar to uh, The Christmas Carol with that. Um, he, he hits a point in his life, James Stewart, who, who's like this major figure in town. He's done everything he can possibly do to make everything happy, but everything falls to, falls to crap. Um, and he just wishes he was never born. And an angel comes down um, who needs his wings. And if he can help somebody out, he gets his wings. Yeah. And he's just showing him what the world would have been like had you not existed. And it's really the town would have been or like they really needed him. Um, everyone really needed him. He's just so part of this town. And he goes, you his know, life, his life mattered. His life really mattered. And yeah. then um, at the end, he's like, oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't wish for any of this to happen. Like, I, I wish I was still alive. I wish I was still alive. And in the end, he comes back and he appreciates everyone so much. Well, it's a really, really good movie with an uplifting ending. One of the finest movies ever made. It's interesting that movie completely bombed when it came out. Well, it wasn't a big success, but yeah. it's reruns on television and when VHS came around, people realized, wow, this is one of the best ever made, you know. It's it's a really good movie. I'm shocked it hasn't been remade. I think it's one of those ones where you really need a James Stewart. Like maybe Tom Hanks could pull it off. Yeah. Um definitely Tom Hanks, but you know, one one of the, those actors come around once every you know, once, once a generation. Yeah, once a generation. Sure. Yeah, but I definitely think Tom Hanks is good. Yeah. So I haven't actually seen It's a Wonderful Life, but as I understand it that 
at the beginning, his character, George Bailey, wants to commit suicide? No, um, not at the beginning. It sort of builds up to that. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but he's like, contemplating suicide. Yeah, he's contemplating. Like, he's at a bridge and he just wants to end it. He just feels like if he... If he um, kills himself, I think that there's an insurance benefit for his family so they can oh, at least okay. afford something. And the angel comes down saying, um, no, 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 you shouldn't do this. You know, it's, it's really, really good. That's, I would think, more risky than a courtroom is <laughs> suicide. In a, yeah, in a yeah, it is. It's, uh, oh, yeah. And they're saying if the film ends at that part where he's at the bridge and he's about to throw himself off, it's really a savage stab at the American... Um, middle class, okay. like yeah, yeah. At the time when it was a battle between communism and thing, you know, like, but because the last twenty minutes is hacked on, it's like, oh, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. There could be worse, but you know, it, it could be worse. But just enjoy what you have, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking before we started recording about the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. Not directed by. It's not directed by Tim Burton. Tim Burton. It is produced by him. Tim Burton, in fact, used the same technology for a later film, Corpse Bride. Yeah. But he didn't. Um, didn't direct. He had a lot of hand in the design stuff like that. But no, I was assuming that as well. And told yeah. him, I'm going, what do you mean Tim Burton didn't direct this? Okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, that's another success story. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of um, a Christmas film, made uh, seventy five million dollars and was made for only eighteen million dollars. Did you like that film? Um, yeah, I found the Nightmare Before Christmas was just really sort of fascinating. Um, the story of Jack Skellington. Uh, from Halloween Town, who goes to Christmas Town. I will admit I've seen it only the once, so I'm thinking of it in a kind of a nostalgic way. But um, it's directed by Henry Selick. Yeah, right. If you heard me type in the background. I obviously had to IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, that's curious because I had assumed it was um, yeah. Tim Burton. No, and it says Tim Burton at the top and all the posters. And he, did, he did so many interviews to push that film as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Did you like that film yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying. Did, did you see it at, at a young age or? Uh, yeah. Because I didn't. I only saw it. It was too ugly for me when I was young. I thought, oh, that animation, I don't know. I just wasn't used to that kind of animation. Mm. And I saw it when I was like uh, You appreciated 18... it more when you were well, older. No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I saw it when I was 18, 19. And I thought, what's the big deal about this? Like, I appreciate all the effort put into it, but yeah. I don't know. I think that's what sort of made it more magical was that it wasn't live action. Yeah. You know, had you seen like a man going through the same journey, it would have been completely different. And it's a musical as well. There's lots of musical notes. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, One film I really like and I've seen many times, um, not everyone's going to agree with me on this one, and I don't know whether or not you've seen it, um, but it's called The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. And basically it's uh, Nicolas Cage's character on Christmas Eve He's in like a hotel room and he doesn't really have much going on. Earlier in his life, Tia Leone, you familiar with the actress? Yes, uh, Deep Impact. Yeah. And that show. <laughs> and she was also, she's also married to David Duchovny okay, yeah. um, in real life. But he was dating her and had an opportunity to stay with her and, and be happy. And uh, he took this kind of business path instead and uh, became a very successful kind of um, corporate suit kind of guy. And um, he goes into a 7-Eleven and Don Cheadle's in the film. He plays like an angel kind of character who gives him a glimpse of what could have been had he stayed with T. Leone. Okay. And uh, basically it's just really some nice film where he becomes the family man. You know, he's got a couple of kids. He's got a wife. He lives in the suburbs. He never took that corporate job. He works as a tire salesman for her father. 
Uh, so he's sort of the family business kind mm -hmm. of thing. And though initially he's shocked at all this and how he has no success and he doesn't have a Porsche and all that sort of stuff, he basically figures out what's important and that it's the family and this new situation. And then at the end of the film, spoilers again, he has it all ripped from him because the glimpse ends and he wakes up and he's back in his um, soulless kind of world where he never had a wife or children. And he goes back to try and find Tia Leone again to tell her what could have been and how he wished he'd stayed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Sort of fleshes out this really interesting character that Nicolas Cage plays. I really like the film. No, I should check it out. It sounds really, really good. Not a bad one. Um, but bad to good. Um, no, good, good to, to bad. bad. <laughs> totally realized I did that. Um, have you heard of a film called Deck the Halls? No. Terrible. <laughs> let, me, let me just paint you the tiniest picture of this. Danny DeVito, Matthew Broderick, both live in the same street. And they're both trying to put up the best Christmas oh, lights. God. And they're trying to... It's a <laughs> Christmas light war. They're trying to out-Christmas each other. And Sounds like an episode from Home Improvement. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we got these Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah. um, the tagline is, there glows the neighborhood. Oh, God. Yeah. So if you're looking for one to avoid, I feel like that might be the one. Um, do you feel like every actor eventually will do a Christmas film? Uh, no. No? No. But um, if they're, you know, if they got that family sort of aspect to them, yeah, like I wouldn't put someone, oh, geez, Vin Diesel's even done one, hasn't he? Has he? <laughs> the Pacifier? No, that's a kid's no, one. No, it's more of a it? family film. Yeah, no, I Christmas. would say, like, it has to have a certain quality, like a Tom Hanks, like a um, like a Nicolas Cage, yeah. even Will Farrell. Um, you know, they can have that family sort of aspect to them, yeah. Because... I wanted to mention a film that basically is all the commercial elements of Christmas. And that film is Jingle All The Way. Oh, with Arnie. Um, <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger. I saw that when I was really young. <laughs> and I bet at the end of it, you wanted to get one of those Turbo Man. I did. Because <laughs> the whole film is saturated. Oh my gosh, it's a big commercial. It's a big fat toy commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it though? And I feel like that's a terrible Christmas film Fair based yeah. on the fact that He's just trying to find this toy. It's funny to... It's look. terrible values. It's <laughs> yeah. And obviously, it made some money. It's funny to laugh at Arnie. He, you know, give me the toy or yeah, whatever yeah. he's doing, you know. It's got Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. But just like a last minute shopping spree on Christmas Eve. It's really busy. It's something we can relate to. It's just that it's not very nice. No. Yeah. You know, it, doesn't, it doesn't spread the message that like Miracle on 34th Street or Home Alone, the family values stuff. And I think that's what I think... Christmas, Christmas movies should be about, should yeah, be about. yeah, should be about the families and stuff like that. I, I, <laughs> Jingle all the way, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd mention an obscure Christmas film next. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. You familiar with the professional wrestler Hulk Hogan? Yeah, is it, oh, I think I know what film you're going to say. It's uh, from 1996. No, I haven't heard of that. I haven't okay. seen that. No. Right. <laughs> I was thinking of something else. So the film is Santa with Muscles. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and basically Hulk Hogan is playing a Santa Claus. Uh, he gets amnesia and thinks that he is Santa Claus and he's attempting to save an orphanage from developers that intend to take it over for their own purposes. And it's got a young Mila Kunis in it. So, You're kidding. No, 1996. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, crazy little film. 
with a professional wrestler in it playing Santa Claus. <laughs> Did the, you watch the National Lampoons when you were young? National I, Lampoons Christmas. Christmas Vacation. Christmas Chevy Vacation. Chase in it? I haven't actually seen. You haven't it. seen them? No, no I remember watching them. Um, what about uh, Ernest Steals Christmas or anything like that? Those '80s films. Okay. No. Must have had a particular childhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's just that whatever's on TV, you catch. Yeah. You catch some. You don't yeah. catch others. We were really dictated by television then, weren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just close on the whole Santa with muscles thing. Oh, okay. It had a two-week run at the box office. Oh. Yes, it was released at the box <laughs> office, and apparently made two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So that's terrible. Very shy of its budget. <laughs> um, I've managed to dig up another film with a professional wrestler in it. I thought you would quite enjoy this. The film is called Santa's Slay. S L A Y, and it's from two thousand five. And uh, it stars former professional wrestler Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus. From WCW? Correct, WCW. He's, um, for those who don't know um, and don't want to Google a picture of him, he's like a big muscular bald dude with a goatee and a tattoo on, I believe, his left arm. He looks like a big bikey, doesn't he? And he would always say, who's next? And he had this ridiculous undefeated record of like 200 and something wins, no losses. And he would come out beat someone up, do, do the same two moves to them, and then leave. And uh, one move would be the spear, so he would charge them. Then the other move would be, I think it was the jackhammer or something. He would lift them up above his head, crush them down onto the, mat, um, onto the mat, and then cover them, and that would be it. Two moves, over. So some ridiculous record, and they built him up, they made him the champion, all that sort of stuff. And so he's playing Santa Claus. And I've got to read the plot of this out to you because it sounds so ridiculous. Um... Obviously, this is a sort of a a comedy horror film. The movie was written and directed by a former assistant to Brett Ratner, first of all. Any thoughts on Brett Ratner? Brett Ratner. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. The opening scene uh, had a big sort of massacre with uh, the Santa killing everyone at this family uh, at the table. And the people there were uh, included James Kahn. Who'd also done Elf. James Kahn was in this. Yeah, he's killed at the beginning. Fran Drescher from The Nanny. Right. And Chris Catan, I believe he's Catan. I don't know how to pronounce sure. his name. From uh, Saturday Night Live. Okay. And uh, they'll get killed in the opening scene. Basically, this movie's about the Book of Claws. And it reveals that the origin of Santa Claus is that he was the result of a virgin birth by Satan. And just as Jesus was the result of a virgin birth by God, meaning that Santa is something of an antichrist, and that there was a Christmas which was the day of slaying until Santa, uh, in 1005 AD, an angel defeated Santa in a curling match and sentenced Santa to deliver presents on Christmas for a thousand years. So for a thousand years he's been forced to deliver presents instead of kill. And now that it's 2005, he's free to kill again. Doesn't this sound like the worst Christmas film ever oh made? Oh, my gosh. Um, I've heard of these dark sort of Christmas movies. There's one, I think, a Norwegian film that's coming out where they're hunting for Santa Claus and he's this, like, troll or something. I can't remember the name of it, but okay. uh, it actually looks pretty good from the trail, I have to confess, but not a Christmas-like movie. They're really flipping it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's from 2005. Did you, sorry, did you see that movie? I haven't seen that okay. film, no. Right. did a little research on it, and it sounded very interesting. <laughs> Just something to mention here. 
Um, if somebody does check it out, let us know what you thought <laughs> on the Facebook page or if you've seen it. Uh, it sounds shocking, <laughs> but perhaps something we need to see. So, um, I thought I would just mention that the TV channel here in Australia, Go, the very first year they were on air on Christmas Day, they played all the Christmas episodes of every show they had running. So they played like, uh, if you know, whatever shows they had on. Including the South Park Christmas special? I believe so. <laughs> I'll run that late at night, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so just a full day of Christmas specials, which I think is nice. Yeah. Because on Christmas, mostly they play religious content and films. So, I mean, you get a lot of that in the holiday season. Have you seen the Christmas episodes of The Simpsons? Yeah. Like them? Um, I'm trying to think of, like, there's a lot of them I didn't like. How many have there been? Uh, there, I'm guessing quite a bit. Jeez, I'm usually an expert at Christmas, uh, Simpsons. I'm struggling to think. <laughs> if there's been like five or something, the thing that bugs me about the Simpsons, just on a quick side note, is that they've had all these Christmases, but they never get any older. They don't have birthdays, and they're seemingly always the same <laughs> age. So it seems, seems like they shouldn't have that many Christmas specials. You know, they don't seem sort of justified. Um, they've got a lot of one-off Christmas stuff in the DVD store at the moment. They've got there's a Glee Christmas one. Uh, Family Guy did Road to the North Pole with Brian and Stewie. They've had an Ice Age one, the uh, the Muppets Christmas, Shrek the Halls, some Shrek knockoff DVD. It's sort of selling out as well, yeah. do you think? Well, from a business point of view, as I said, you, you're a fool not to try for it. But, yeah, you really you got to be careful with franchises, like which ones, because you really hurt the image yeah. um, of well, it. Like For Shrek, for example, there's not going to be any more Shrek films. They've got nothing to lose in a way doing these Shrek the Halls ones. Just whore them out. <laughs> yeah. I'd be interested to know whether or not it's Mike Myers and everybody, whether they've got a paycheck. <laughs> Wasn't Jack and Jill the latest Christmas? Ooh. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. I don't think Jack and Jill... Yeah. <laughs> Though it's set around Christmas, it doesn't oh, feel like God. a Christmas film. Um, so I guess with concluding on this, are Christmas films for kids? Just the films themselves? Uh, I'd say they're for families, and in that sense, they're for everyone. Mm-hmm. Love, actually. Um, and then you can get darker with Bad Santa and maybe the Gremlins. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like kids' films are the ones who want to buy the toys and everything like that, so you'd want to market it to them I guess but no I'd say Christmas movies are family films yeah I think it's important that they have a message sort of the goodwill to all and the spirit of giving and uh, Christmas is sort of a great time for family and friends do do you have a favourite Christmas movie yeah it's got to be Miracle on 34th Street that's your favourite okay sure yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean it's my favourite Christmas story would be A Christmas Carol but I haven't seen one yet where I can say that's my favourite Christmas movie I like Scrooge go check that one out my gosh and (laughs) I love the Muppets one yeah the Bill Murray one and the Muppets one was great yeah Um, but yeah Home Alone yeah still Home Alone for me (laughs) which nostalgically yeah which is yeah Oh, and there's another one that's really good. John Hughes, when he was at the helm, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's yeah. a really, really good film with John Candy and um, the other guy. Martin, it's not Martin Lawrence, is it? It's, oh, I can't remember his name. But, yeah, it has John Candy in it. It's brilliant. It's been a while since I've seen that one, actually. No, it's, really, it it's a really good one. Um, a lot of great Christmas movies came out in the 80s. Mm. All right. Well, um, that concludes... Uh, Christmas podcast. Again, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. If you want to tell us what your favourite Christmas film is or if there's one we've missed here that you think we should watch and discuss, hit us up on our Facebook page. Just click like and um, let us know on the wall there. 
Um, next week, it'll be a special episode with the announcement of the Golden Globes. Lloyd and I will be talking about who's been nominated, our predictions on who we think will win. We'll be talking a little bit about the films that are nominated and basically each category one by one, and it should be a lot of fun. So don't forget uh, to like our Facebook page, Podme, if you can. And uh, we reviewed Melancholia last week based on a suggestion. So as always, we're looking for suggestions from uh, our listeners. Don't forget uh, you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes. If you have time, obviously we'd love a review or a rating there. And uh, just a quick mention, Lloyd and I will be doing interviews in 2012. So if you're a filmmaker or an actor with an upcoming film you think we should discuss, um, get in contact because we're looking for some subjects to interview. And as always, thanks for listening and Merry Christmas. All the best, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.